This week, the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, we give you, as of September 1st, 2022, the state of touring in the music industry. We're joined by Trey Manny from Wasserman Music. He's an agent over there, and he gives us some great insight and a lot of great comments and, and advice on touring post-COVID in a new world right now that we are all in. Every, every live musician needs to give this a listen so you understand what the world is looking like right now when it comes to touring. Welcome to the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, founded in 2011 and with over 500 weekly episodes, where Michael Brandvold and Jay Gilbert, two longtime music industry pros, discuss the very latest trends, tools, and tactics that you need to succeed in this new... Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm flying solo today. Jay's out on the road with Rick Springfield. Um, we've got a great, great discussion coming up in just a couple minutes about the current state of touring. What's it look like right now? What are some of the things that are new and different from uh, pre-COVID? But before we get into that, I want to do a quick shout out to Bruce and everybody at Hypebot and Bands in Town. Thank you for all you do to support us. And of course, to our sponsors, Banzoogle.com, built by musicians for musicians. Banzoogle is an all-in-one platform that makes it really easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. Banzoogle powers the websites for tens of thousands of musicians around the world, from weekend warriors to Grammy winners. All the features you need for a professional website are already built in, including hosting and a custom domain name, dozens of fully customizable design templates, tools to sell your music and merch commission-free, commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters, of course, social media integrations, and amazing live tech support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. We put together a great little offer for all of our listeners out there. Head over to bandzoogle.com, register, sign up, try it for free, for 30 days. But when you do this, make sure you use this promo code. This promo code, no spaces, it's all one word. Music Biz Weekly, promo code Music Biz Weekly, and you'll get 15% off the first year of any subscription on bandzoogle.com. And of course, thank you to discmakers.com. We know it's a digital world, but there's still an important rule for physical media for today's musicians. Digital royalty payments can be so small that selling products like CDs, vinyl, and even T-shirts online and at gigs has become such an important income generator. For every CD you sell at a gig, you might need roughly 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money. That's a lot of streams. That's a lot of mark marketing, a lot of promotion. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. So check out this offer we got for you. Head over to discmakers.com, place an order for 100 or more CDs. And when you check out, use this promo code. Again, it's all one word, no spaces, free biz, promo code free biz. And you're going to save up to $150 in shipping costs. So this week, we're joined by Trey Manny from Wasserman Music. Trey's an agent there. 
and we talk all about sort of the current state of touring as it is today, September 1st, 2022. What's it looking like for touring bands? What's it looking like for shows, for costs? Um, what are some of the hurdles that they're experiencing? What's some of the bright signs that are out there? Um, what do you need to be aware of? I mean, it is not the same as touring pre-COVID. And it's not ever going to be the same as touring pre-COVID. So Trey gives us a great insight into the state of the touring industry right now. Let it roll. We'll see you at the end. Musicians and industry professionals listen to the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. If you have a product or service and would like to reach this audience, get in touch with Michael or Jay to discuss sponsorship opportunities. So today we're real honored to welcome Trey Manny, who is an agent at Wasserman Music. Trey, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, before we get into talking about kind of the 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 condition and the state of touring as we stand right now in 2022, why don't you update us on, uh, for those who aren't familiar with Wasserman? Yeah, totally. I mean, Wasserman Music is a new company. Um, there are a lot of us that came over from Paradigm uh, in I guess it was technically April of 2021. Uh, Wasserman acquired the music department from Paradigm, but there are a lot of agents that are here now that you know weren't at Paradigm. We've got Brent Smith who came over from WME, Greg Horble that came over from APA. We have a few uh, people that joined us from ICM uh, recently in that shakeup. But uh, Wasserman, for people that aren't familiar, it's a um, started off as a sports agency. Uh, it's owned by Casey Wasserman, who's the grandson of Lou Wasserman, um, who ran uh, MCA and Universal for years. Um, and uh, Wasserman started, I should know this, uh, we're, well, celebrating 20 years, so technically 2002. Uh, um, and uh, a sports agency quickly added branding. They do brands and properties. Uh, and Casey, the owner, always wanted to uh, get into uh, music at some point, not so much, uh, not like film TV, but music specifically, because he's really, uh, the company's really invested in just live entertainment. And so far that's just been sports and now it's music. Um, so it's, you know, some people, uh, like at first, you know, people thought we were like paradigm 2.0. Um, but it really, it is a completely different company now. It's like Wasserman music 1.0. Uh, it's been really exciting. It's, you know, we had it. I was at uh, Paradigm only for about two years before the pandemic hit. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously wild ride there. Um, but now that we're really getting into a flow here uh, at our new home, like it's it's been great. It really feels like it, it's a, like a fresh start and a brand new structure. And it's been awesome. Well, so so let's sort of use this as a segue into the ultimate conversation of, of the state of touring. But mm -hmm. what did what did the what did the pandemic do to agencies? I mean, we know <laughs> what it did to bands. Yeah. I mean, it basically uh, shut them down. I mean, yeah. did they did did agencies and, and, and booking agents feel the exact same level of pain? Oh, uh, well, I mean, the first, you know, the first couple weeks, you know, I was like, uh, do I still, could I still like go back to school and become a high school teacher? Like I was planning <laughs> on doing? like, right. they're still working. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, the first couple of weeks, it was total mayhem. You know, uh, I guess maybe there was like a minute there where we're like, oh, I mean, I was rescheduling tours that were happening in March and putting them in July. Yeah, Jay and I covered it when it first hit and everybody's yeah. attitude was, OK, maybe we're going to be out of this for a month, but by summertime, yeah, we'll be back. But, you know, fall, please. Fall is Definitely. full full ramp yeah. again. Yeah, so we played that game uh, for a little bit, and then I think maybe around, I would say around June or July, I was like, yeah, there's, there's not going to happen. We were all like, let's stop moving these holes around. Let's stop pretending. Um, it was, yeah, it was horrifying. And I was like, I don't know if people ever want to go see shows again. Like, people, let me reframe that. I knew people would want to go see shows but I didn't know if they would happen again or when they would happen again, how um, they would happen, how they would happen. And, you know, I, we started doing um, like pod shows and parking lot shows. Not a ton of my clients were interested in that, but just like a, a sprinkling here or there. Uh, I know that there are a number of agents that work with like some, some jam bands had a lot of success with that. Uh, they were just more game for it. Um, and uh, and then we, you know, messed around with live streaming stuff. We actually had some, you know, uh, we had some really good success. We uh, are, we partnered with Twitch and we had our own um, channel called There Is Light. And it was like uh, all Wasserman music artists kind of focused in the indie alternative space, which is what I specialize in um, and did a series. We did 20 shows on Twitch um, and those were, that was pretty cool. Um, those were live, live and, uh, you know, with the moderator, uh, and a live audience, not in the room, but globally. And, uh, people would take questions and we do like an interview and they'd read comments. So that was pretty cool. I mean, but there's really, you know, some people are still doing some versions of live streaming stuff, but, the, you know, we quickly realized that that's also just not a great substitute, you know? Right. Uh, I think what ruined it for me, uh, is I watched, uh, Stop Making Sense, the Talking Heads concert film. And when I watched that, I was like, okay, like this is arguably one of the greatest concert films ever made. And it's not really that easy to just quickly replicate that, you know, at a 500 cap club and yeah. make it entertaining and thoughtful and exciting. Uh, and, and it's also really hard for artists to perform without a live audience in the room. It's just oh, energy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just, Jay, Jay, Jay and I, we, we both had, have grown up as, as big kiss fans. And I'm sure you, you, Remember, mm -hmm. Kiss did the big 2020 New Year's Eve show from Dubai, which was yeah. a live stream event. And we we did an episode about that of how artists need needed to approach live streaming different because you're right. It was like, you know, hey, how's everybody doing? Silence. Silence. Yeah. Silence. Yeah. Silence. You know, so it's like yeah. you needed to own bands needed to restructure stage wraps and breaks between so you know in in, yeah. in a live concert you could have a sort not an extended break but you could have a break between songs because the crowd is cheering and somebody else exactly. another band yeah. member is engaging with them but we were like boy there was a moment during that kiss concert where you could like hear the band members talking to their roadies because it was just dead yeah silent. yeah it's just dead it's dead it's dead and and, there, and how does an how does an artist get charged from that how do you feed yeah. you know we all know you feed off that crowd and when there's no 100%. crowd there what do you feed off of yeah 
Have you ever seen um, the platform Fly Machine? Have you ever seen anything on that? No. It's uh, Andrew Dreskin who had uh, used to run Ticket Fly, um, started a live stream platform called Fly Machine. It's I would say it's one. Uh, it's pretty interesting the way it's almost like this hybrid of a concert and sort of like a big Zoom meeting. People can attend the show together, and you're like instead of like the Zoom situation that we have going on here it's like these little hexagons i think mm -hmm. and you can like be in a group of people watch the show and there's like a slider uh on the screen where it's like the volume goes between the the concert and then your conversation so it's almost like you're standing in the back and you're able to talk when you're over by the sure. virtual bar or you can like go up front and like just listen um and then from the artist perspective i think i haven't seen it was a while since i've seen the deck but they would when it was when they were doing this with no uh, audience, they would put up like some screens and people could see these pods of people um, and maybe hear them too, you know, like clapping between songs or something. So they, they, they took a pretty good swing at that. I think it was a, I think it, and they're still doing it. Um, uh, there's still a lot of shows that I have where um, people like some of the platforms will come to us like mandolin and fly machine and, and ask if we want to do a streaming add on. But, uh, but yeah, so Go, yeah, but, but going back to where we started with this, it's like, yeah, the, there was there were a few weeks of like, oh, it's going to be fine. And then there are many months of like, will this ever happen again? Uh, and then I feel like, you know, for me, I think some some agents started earlier, just depending on their clients interest in getting back out there. But for me, it was like fall of 21 was the first time that like people were starting to like really get back into serious touring. Uh, and honestly, like sales were incredible. You know, at that point, it felt like everybody who sort of got in on that that early ish window um, just crushed because the the demand was so high and the excitement was was so strong. Uh, you know, at that point, everybody had their second or third shots. You know, not everybody, but a lot of people. You know, um, and we're getting back out there. It was you know pre Omicron, post Delta. I think right, so, right. <laughs> yeah, can't keep track. That was of all, it. Yeah, uh... I'm trying to help my you know the the calendar of variants, but uh, that was a really strong season of touring, I think across the board. So. so do you feel like from a touring standpoint, as we're talking September 1st, 2022 now, mm -hmm. have, has, has touring kind of settled back in or is there still uncertainty? Is there still uh, concerns? Is there, are there still issues out there? I would say that, you know, I have this conversation a lot with clients, like we've squeezed as an industry, we're like squeezing three years of touring into one year. Uh, I, you know, the, the stuff that happened in like late 21 feels like that was sort of like this extra credit bonus round, like people that got in there, like it almost didn't count because it just felt like that was just the, we were, you know, back together and it was great. Like, you know, some of the festivals that moved into the fall, like uh, outside lands and pitchfork, there was everybody's like so much excitement. But then when it got to like 22, we're like getting back to like regular touring schedules and there's extreme market oversaturation. Just like when you look at the calendar, uh, like Forest Hills in New York, for example, um, you know, the calendar there is so stacked in a way that it's never been. You know, uh, and the the number of choices that that fans have, it's 
it's astronomical, uh, you know, and couple that with, I would say that most people and not everyone, but most people at this point that are, in, you know, people that were going to a few concerts a year uh, back in 2019, you know, most of them, I think a lot of them have come to see a show again, but there are still are some people that I, that I talk to, especially with artists that I work with that have a, a fan base that includes, you know, people over 30, over 35, over 40, where they're still not totally sure they want to go and do a crowd, whether it's indoors or outdoors, um, which is important to remember because from my perspective, I mean, you and I have probably been going, you know, we were probably first in line to see shows when it was possible to get back in. I mean, I was not right away, but like outdoor stuff, definitely. Um, but there are a lot of people, you know, that are just like, they haven't been around crowds. They're just not sure if they want to do it. And, uh, you know, COVID is still taking tours down. You know, it's not as bad or as often, and maybe it's not taking the tour down for, or maybe it's not canceling an entire leg. But, you know, if like an artist has, a, you know, a leg spot, of air date, tour spot that, date here and a spot date there yeah, and a weekend. And... Yeah, especially like if it's a, it's a band that's touring North America and they're going to dip into Canada and like bass player, you know, is maybe on day four of feeling better but still like a faint line like okay well even though the restrictions are different what if you get stuck in canada and then you have to cancel like another week like that kind of stuff the uncertainty of of these things uh is, is still definitely affecting now you know shows. people within the industry you myself bands we sort of understand we don't like, but we understand all of those issues. Like you just talked about that, sure. you know, Hey, you know, I might get stuck in Canada. I might get stuck in the UK and I can't come back. Mm -hmm. Is there still a big issue where the fans don't understand that? And, and, and I'm asking because I'm seeing it like, you know, the wasp tour, which was mm -hmm. supposed, it, it was a world tour that was supposed to start in Europe spring of this year. And the okay. U.S. tour begins this fall, but the European leg this past spring, the entire leg got moved to next year. Right. You know, mainly because, oh, my God, you know, it's from one country to another country. The restrictions, different restrictions, different but the rules. fans yeah. were like, what do you mean? I'm in right. I'm in England and we're wide open here. Why right. don't you just come here? Why, I don't understand why you're doing this. Why? you know, why do you have to cancel? And so my feeling, and I want you to chime in on this is yeah, we're still dealing with fans, customers who don't really have much insight into why this is so complicated. Now it's not, it's not just pick a date and go anymore. It's right. a lot exactly. more challenge to it. I, I would say, yes, I, I agree that there's still some confusion. Um, I think in the States, especially, you know, um, for a while, it did feel a little bit like what you described in Europe, where different states yes. had wildly different, you know, um, I had to, there were a couple things that I had to pull down or rearrange because uh, like Montana, for example, um, they, their state legislator, like their state legislature made vaccination status a protected class. So in the same way, you can't ask somebody, you know, what their sexual orientation is. You can't ask them, you can't ask an employee what their vaccination status is. So venue owners 
technically aren't a lot. They could be sued if they ask the door person or the bartender, are you vaccinated? Uh, which means that like there was a tour that I had that the first show uh, was going to be in an indoor venue in Montana, um, which is probably poor planning on my part. I accept some of that. <laughs> um, and the band was like, look, it's not that we don't want to play in Montana or that we don't trust the fans or that we're actually not even that worried about the staff themselves. But if we, if we don't know that the first show on our tour, that everybody in the room is vaccinated and they, they definitely, they don't enforce, they weren't enforcing mask rules at the time. They're like, you know, if we, if one of us gets sick on this first, first date, that kind of kills you know, the whole tour. It kills the whole tour. They're like, if this would have been the last show, and we made it that far, we might have been willing to roll the dice. But instead, now we're, we want to, we're just going to have to postpone that, which was a bummer. And I, and I felt bad. And the promoter, you know, wasn't his fault. It was just, it was just the state. So, but that kind of stuff, it feels like there are still states that have different rules. But at this point, there are kind of no rules in the U.S. So, right, right. You, we're the, not the, like Europe in that regard. Yeah, right? yeah. So I, like, I've, I've been telling fans, it's like, don't, don't look to the U.S. because we've sort of just, whether you like it or not, the U.S. has kind of thrown our hands up and said, we're done with it. It is yeah, what it is. Don't, don't. But but um, other countries are completely different. Totally. Um, and I would say that the, the fan confusion that exists now, I think, is diminishing because I do think that this has forced all of us to learn a lot more about. I mean, I think a lot of fans probably understand more about the touring industry now than they did in 2019. Any fan that's interested in seeing shows. Because they're hearing, they're reading these Instagram stories and like saying like, oh yeah, uh, we're fine, but like our sound person is sick and mm -hmm. you can't just replace a sound person, you know? And then fans, fans that never would think about that before, like, well, doesn't every venue just have a sound person, you know, hanging around and they can just do it. It's like, it's not, depending on the tour, it's not that easy to just, you know, if this is like a, a tour where it's band traveling on two buses and two trucks and they've got a ton of production, they've got a bunch of cues and they've got some backing tracks. You can't just throw somebody who has no experience with that right. in right. the mix, you know, to mix the show three hours before. And like fans are get, having to learn about that. The same with it, like you and I are learning about the different names for different variants. Like, right. you know, I know more about epidemiology than I've ever wanted well, to know. We're, 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 we know more about, laws as you talked about montana right. from state to state and country to country i mean and again we're all sitting here going well it doesn't make sense to me but it's not whether it makes sense it is what it is and you either deal right. with it or you don't right. play i mean that's what right. it comes so, down to 100 uh, an agent in our office said uh you want to go into and he, he said that it, i thought it was a great thing to say like for especially for artists that wanted to tour in fall of 21 He's like, yeah, you just tell your client, like, if they want to get back out there, they put it, they better put their helmet on because it's just, it's going to be a rough ride. And I think the ride is a little bit less rough now, but it's, it's still very complicated. And I've still have tours where like, we just squeak by, like there was a tour where like the last show, like there were just a couple, thankfully not that they're not important, but there were like some auxiliary players that were doing like horns of percussion on a right. tour that tested positive last day. And then they were like, okay, we're just going to, we're going to play the show without them. We'll miss them. We can make it through. And like, and then the day after the tour, like then the bass player and their drummer, like everybody tested. It was, we were just like, 
it it's like the the joy of touring is a little bit tainted for me because I'm just sitting there like uh is the tour over? Did the tour happen? Yeah. Okay, it happened. Can, did we get through this date? Great. <laughs> yeah. Now I can bring a manager happy I work with said until like, the next date. It's like he, he wanted like an advent calendar where like every day that a show happens, he gets to open this thing and have a piece of chocolate. And then the if all the shows happen, then the prize is that the shows happened. And right. Um, so it's it's still complicated, it's still tricky, but I'll say this that like you know, getting, you know, the first show, I think the first show that I saw in front of a live audience i drove up to work with a band called perfume genius and i drove up to see them play at the henry miller library in big sur and i just cried the whole time you know it'd been like that was july of 21 uh reduced capacity outdoor show you know and i was like i haven't seen a show in you know more than a, you know what it was 14 months i don't know exactly how many months had been at that point but more than a year and I just, it just hit me so hard. It's like, I missed this so much. This was so incredible. Do you, do you think from a band standpoint of putting on a show and a tour, all of the, the new, for lack of a better term, hoops that they all have to jump through now because of COVID, are mm-hmm. those going to be here for good? Are, is, is that changed the way a tour is being put together, planned, produced, understanding that, yeah, we're going to need to restrict access to the band now, less mm-hmm. people backstage. We're going to continually to have testing. Maybe it's not like shut everybody down and quarantine the entire crew for 10 days, but that one person, yeah, we're taking you. I mean, is that, is, is that I, life yeah. moving forward? I think it's, it. I mean, my experience so far is it's just wildly different across my roster. I have some clients that are just like, you know what? We're just going to go out there and do what we normally do. Like they, some that'll be like, okay, let's test everybody before we get on the road. You know, let's maybe put a few guidelines in place. Like don't go to that underground basement dance party, you know, <laughs> yeah, after yeah. this, after, you know, week one of the tour. Um, but, but relatively like normal, like 2019 standards. Um then I still have, I have artists that like, you know, I haven't, I didn't go backstage to see them at all. You know, I, I visit, you know, I, you know, covered like three shows and stood in the loading dock with a mask and waved at them. And it, for me, I'm just, you know, I'm just, because I, even though, like we were saying, we've learned more about this than we ever wanted to know. I'm not an epidemiologist, not a scientist, can't tell the future. Uh, I'm not a policymaker. So what I just try to do is just be supportive of, you know, what's important to my clients and help them execute what they want to do. And some are more restrictive and being more careful and some are less restrictive and, you know, but also kind of mindful of just being like, let's use common sense. Um, I, I think one good thing is that people uh, have more respect for putting health first, you know, whether it's COVID or another illness, you know, uh, it's okay to just say, yeah, I can't make it to work today. And, and if your job is playing a concert, you also get sick days. I think people are more understanding of that. And, and because they've seen, you know, fans too have seen how, how heartfelt and difficult it is for, you know, for bands to cancel shows. They, they don't want to cancel. They, they, 
very desperately want to play, not just for the money, not just because it's part of their career and because the part of the business, but because they, they miss that connection the same way that, that we do as fans watching shows. We miss that connection with the artists. The artists miss that connection with the fans. Like you were talking about the Chris, the, the kiss show, which is like, we, we crave that connection. So I, in the future, I hope people continue to be understanding of needing to pull down a show for any sort of advice. Mm-hmm. So from, from the, from the fan standpoint, what are you seeing as the current state? I mean, before we hit the record button, one of the things we talked about is, and, and I'm hearing this from clients and other people in the industry is like, you know, pre COVID you could always, not always, but you know, walk up sales were always a big thing. It's like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not too worried. Depending you, know, on the venue. Yeah. you know, the venue yeah. knows their walk up historically the band knows what their walk-up is so we know by the day of the show walk-up sales are going to sell this out or it's going to put us over um but nowadays i'm here and it's like you know that might be the case today for band abc but tomorrow Mm -hmm. for the other band their walk-up sales completely disappeared it's all over the place which means it's hard for agents and i'm on calls with agents for the tours i'm working you know on a weekly basis and we're like what's the prediction how are we looking is it going to be strong yeah. you know and the venues the venues are always like don't worry don't worry it's strong it's going to be fine it's going to be fine it's going to be fine. Fine. It's gonna, don't right. worry yeah, about it exactly. and you know yeah. but we're like but you know what we i guess what i'm saying is the old history that you developed pre covid doesn't apply anymore post-COVID because you're building a whole new history now of how your fans and customers are reacting in this new world. So what's your experience and what are you seeing in that sense? Um, I've, you know, I'd still, like we mentioned earlier, we were talking about earlier. I, I still think that one of our biggest issues now is oversaturation. And I think a product of that is, um, I agree. Walk-up sales are not as strong as they would have been. It's it, and I, I I always think that walk-up walk-up sales are more applicable for venues of a certain size or just markets. There's certain markets that have strong. Back in the day, had strong walk-up and certain venue sizes. Like you know, especially when you're talking like 250 cap clubs, that's like a walk-up zone. We're like to the point where I you know in the old days I would just say don't like why do we even bother doing ticket counts three times a week for a show at Mercury Lounge like it doesn't matter. It's like people are just going to, you know, day a show and they're going to show up. Um, now I think that I think fans are waiting to make decisions until later. Um, and it might not be day of show, but I think if three to five days before the show, if they're like, okay, the band hasn't canceled the tour. I don't have COVID. There's not a wildfire in the area. There's not a strike or a protest in the area. <laughs> Like all these things from health to environment to politics, it seems like none of those things are going to make it so I can't go to the show and then they'll decide whether or not I'm going to go. So I'm seeing not so much walk-up sales being super strong, but like the last two weeks being stronger, the wraps going up in that time frame. Um, I'm also seeing, you know, pattern-wise, the flip side of that is, if you happen to announce your tour or your show in a week where it doesn't feel like the world is falling apart, then sales will be strong. 
But if you happen to, you know, put up a tour on the same day as some crazy political crisis or some, you know, new variant is in the news or some crazy story about interest rates. I mean, you know, it right. depends Any, on the anything, audience. Like anything that anything, gets you. Yeah, some financial crisis news, you know, if that's the same day as you're on sale, that's a that's painful, you know. Uh, and and I you know back in early uh, late twenty one and early twenty two definitely had a bunch of on sales move because it'd be like we'd get up that day and be like oh oh wait what's going on? oh no we can't, oh, we can't Ukraine was invaded maybe we don't want to put our exactly our tour yeah down. and and just trying to be respectful it's yeah like what you know yeah like people have other stuff on their mind they're not going to be thinking about tickets anyway let's just wait a week and hopefully news is slightly better next week so. Um, so yeah, that I would say that in general, the rhythm of sales is very unpredictable, um, and uh, you know it's it, it's it's the projections are very impossible to make. Um, is 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 there saying all that? Is there anything bands managers can do other than sort of just roll the dice and hope you're picking the good day to announce the tour? Um, I mean, do you just continue like you've always done and just hope the timing is fine? Or is there any other, act, is there, are, are there new initiatives that, that artists could be looking at that would help them? Um, I think that this is a good time for artists to rethink their, um, fan engagement and social media strategy. Um, you know, I have some, some clients that, for a while we're, you know, didn't want to be too marketing heavy on social media uh, and preferred that to just be sort of like an extension of like their artistic expression. And they would just put things up based on like, we feel like this is how we want to communicate to fans. Some of the artists like that have pivoted to being like a little bit more aggressive with, you know, there's nothing more effective than like an organic, authentic sort of connection between artist and fan. And so I think some artists have like pivoted to, to being more mindful of that. And I think that's helpful. Um, I think re reminding people that just because something is on the internet doesn't mean it's easy to find, you know, it's actually harder to find. It's like, you know, the internet, you know, trying to scroll through Instagram is like trying to drink from a fire hose. Mm -hmm. you know? So like, and being mindful of that means that like, you, you know, yeah, you might have to post a little bit more often than you wanted to, uh, or be more targeted with the posts or, or be, a little bit more like loosening the reins and allowing promoters to do more of like the targeted ads that normally they'd be like, yeah, we don't, we don't want people to use our channels for that. It's like, it, yeah, it, I mean, you kind of have to like let that go a little bit because it, you might think that just because you posted that your fans saw this, saw it, a lot but, of fans, you, you the, but right? then you read in the comments section, Oh, I can't believe you played Boston last night. I didn't know. You know I, right. I, I, yeah. Like, I, I know. I mean, it's yeah. that, you know that that's that's been the the for decades that's been the number one issue bands have with tours is like that fan who says well you were just here last night why didn't you tell me about it and you're like it's all over my website you know go to right. our bands in town go to song kick go to yeah. Polestar, go to our facebook TikTok, events. instagram facebook the dates every, are everywhere know, how did you yeah, not we, see them <laughs> right we put it on our myspace page just in case you know like exactly. it doesn't exist anymore we threw it up there anyway like yeah so it's you know, an artist, you know, a lot of artists 
that I work with and, and I'm sure, you know, artists that you work with, they, they want to be mindful of their fans. They don't want to be a pest to their fans, but you need to like ride that line of like being persistent without being a pest because people want to know, right. They want to know that you're, you're playing, even if they can't go, they want to know what's happening. They want to be surprised after the fact. Um, uh, otherwise some other strategy. I mean, like, you know, I think that 22 was a good year to be conservative on venue sizes. Um, you know, if you're choosing between like, do we go up one notch or stay where we are? Like this might, this is a good year to stay, you know, stay slightly conservative. I had a few things where I was doing a one plus one, uh, where, you know, we'd like put up one show and if it sells out, put up the second show. That was really difficult in 22 because I, I feel like attention, people have short attention spans, shorter now than ever before, including myself. Uh, and if you get somebody's attention once, it's hard to get it back. So like, let's say you're trying to do two nights at the Fillmore in San Francisco, put them both up at once or don't, or just do one. But if you put one up and try to sell it out and then add the second one, you're going to, it's going to be a painful, it's, it's going to be hard to get people's attention again. Cause they like, maybe they check and they're like, Oh yeah, I don't like that night of the week. And then they're not going to find and then, out. And, and, then, and then they've basically and written it off that they can't see you yeah. on this tour. So why follow any more tour information? Right. Or if it's like a scaled room, if it's a room that has like multiple ticket prices and reserved seats, you put up one theater, somebody goes there, they're like, ah, I can't find a good seat. Then they look on the secondary market. I don't want to pay that much. They're not going to notice that you added a second date. They're just going to move on to the next thing, you know? So, and, and I would say that like now more than ever, bands are, artists are competing, not just with other concerts in town, but they're competing with, you know, the new Game of Thrones prequel and yep. The, yep. all the amazing choices that people have for food delivery service now that didn't exist. Right. You know, two and right. years ago. Right. Right. So, um, Time is the most valuable resource, and that's what we're. It's not just the ticket prices; it's the customers' time that we're competing for. Have Have you found through the last two years that it's important for bands to also be very honest and transparent about why things happen and why things are changing? Yeah, you know, I mean, in the past, a tour date could get canceled, and you know. Whatever it was canceled, we throw unforeseen some circumstances. unforeseen. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Now, now, it, yes. now, now it's seems like, yeah, come right out and say it's because so and so got COVID, or come right out and right. say it's because the the state changed or the country changed their policies, and we can't, we are not permitted in, or we wouldn't be permitted to leave right. for four days. Be very right. upfront about what's going on. I think so. I, yeah, I think so. I also, my hope is also that fans can also be a little like, if there are these cancellations that happen where there isn't a big explanation, then hopefully fans will be respectful of some privacy for the artist on the, for the artist's sake. Uh, you know, I'm, I, you know, there's this great organization uh, called Backline which is uh, it's an organization set up for mental health um, support for touring musicians. Uh, and Josh Knight, who works at Wasserman Music with me, is a big part of that. I think he's on the board. I'm not sure what his position is, but he's a big advocate for this. Um, and there are some artists that are 
pulling down their tours for their mental health, not yeah. because of COVID, not because of other things. Um, some artists are comfortable talking about that. And I think that's great. Some artists are not, and they're more private. And I think that's great too. And I, I think that we all just need to be, if there is some mystery uh, as to why an artist is pulling down a show, then I hope that people can be respectful of that too. You know, respectful of privacy as well. Uh, even in an age when it feels like we get to know everything as soon as it happens because of the internet, like it's also okay to just be like, you know what? I love this band. They had to cancel for some reason. I don't know why I'm going to, you know, catch them the next time around. Exactly. I hope we can all be like kinder to each other in that way. And I think fans, I think fans are more savvy and more educated now than they ever have been. And I think they're willing to accept that too. It's a good thing. You, you, you've mentioned a couple of times the, the, the oversaturation right now, how mm-hmm. there's just so many bands out there right now. And yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, you've got, you've got two years worth of bands off the road that are all trying to get out and tour in the same period of time here. Yeah. Um, do you think that's just exactly the reason we've just got a boatload of talent that wants to get out limited number of stages and dates and it's yep. just a matter of time before the saturation disappears and we're back to sort of a, a normal touring cycle. I really hope that's the case. <laughs> you know, I think, you know, and I think that like, and I understand from the artist perspective, it's like, well, we don't want to wait another year to put this record out. You know, we made this record. We decided not to release it in 2020. And then we decided not to release it in 21. We don't want to wait till 2023 to put this record out. We'll have a new record done. You know, like we've already written 20 more songs. Like, so I get it. It's no, it was nobody's intention um, to, to smash all this touring into one year, but it's just, it's just how it happened. Um, And uh, my hope is that in 23 and beyond, then it's sort of just like kind of washes into like a new rhythm uh, that was similar to the old rhythm where, yes, it's possible that, you know, a number of artists of a similar genre might happen to release records in the same couple months, but it won't be all of them. Everyone. Every you know, yeah. 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 Like, you know, let's, you know, in my, in my world, you know, it's like, there's a lot of, you know, I, I work primarily like my, some of my, you know, bigger clients would be like Death Cab for Cutie, Fleet Foxes, Lord Huron, Beach House. And all four of them did, did or are doing major tours in 2022 and that's not normal for me that's not a you know that that's back you know pre-pandemic they would just be like you know they're all like mixed up over here and you know um you know my job isn't to tell them what to do it's to support their vision and help their long-term careers and so you know but with that i'm trying to be mindful of like i'm more persistent in asking promoters okay what else is happening in town what do you know about not just your other shows but i know you know about what's going in these other rooms that your competitors are booking Mm -hmm. and you know it's in our best interest to be really careful about that you know being more mindful of like okay what what festivals change their schedule and i don't want to be on top of a festival that's like the same fan base as one of my clients you know it's more vigilant than before whereas like in the past we're like oh yeah you know oh well you know Flaming Lips or Wilco are playing down the street the next day. That's not ideal, but it's not the end of the world. Now I'm like, no, no, no. We should really consider, you know, changing this route a bit. And and I'll even, you know, and, and reaching out to other agents and be like, hey, 
do you want to compare notes? Because I, you know, I love your client. I love my client. We don't want our clients to be competing for the yeah, same. Let's work. Let's work yeah. to benefit both our clients. Yeah. And can we avoid let's stepping just, on our toes? Exactly. You know, so like calling up Frank Ryan and be like, hey, man, you know, are we right on top of each other? You know, it's like we don't work with the same company, but we all have, we, you know, we're, we're both fans of music. We want what's best for our clients. You know, let's not cannibalize each other, you know, the fan base and, and so we can do to spread this out a little bit, you know, internally and externally. Is is the saturation hurting the bands in the sense that, you know, in a game of supply and demand, it's the venues who are kind of controlling it right now. I've got X amount of room. And if you want to play it, you're taking the deal I'm offering you. It might not be the deal I would have given you two years ago. But sure. guess what? If you don't take this deal, this other agent's going to take it. And there's three other um, bands behind him who will take yeah. it. Um, I haven't. Uh, I've been fortunate uh, enough to avoid that particular situation. I think the way that bands are feeling it is that, um, you know, it's just a little, It's it can be disheartening if you're like, well, when we played, you know, Milwaukee in 2019 was sold out and now we're playing the same room and it's like 60%, you know, two weeks before the show. It's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's hard to be enthusiastic about that. Um, but I, you know, when I talk to my, you know, my clients about this stuff, I'm like, look, it's, this isn't a, your band issue. This is a market issue. And, you know, and this year might be a little bit tougher to do the same business that you did in 2019, you know, but just know that that's not a, it's not a factor of people's interest. It's just, again, like it's people's time and, and it's money. You know, I, I would say that there was a time that I thought, you know, the live touring business was recession proof. Um, I don't think that's necessarily the case anymore, but I think it's like a, you know, everything is more expensive gas, food um you know ticket prices have gone up as a result for some artists because they need to keep those margins you know if they don't raise the ticket prices and get their guarantee up and they're spending you know three times as much money on band or on, on crew and trucking and gas as they did before then they can't afford to tour you know so there's and it's 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 painful for everybody um, so, you know, it's, I feel like, again, <laughs> I hope that we can all just get into a better rhythm and, um, reduce the saturation, hopefully come to some, like the economy sort of calms down a little bit and get to a spot where it's like, yeah, a concert ticket is expensive, but it's also a valuable thing because it's a live in-person experience, you know, and it's, I think it's worth the investment of money and time. And, you know, we, uh, I try to be, you know, my clients try to be really respectful of the way we price things um, and, and, and give fans a great value, you know, put on a great show and be like, yeah, it was, yeah, I spent a little bit more this time around, but it was worth it. Show was great. Experience was great. You know, uh, I, so. I just read, and I think it was just this morning uh, or it would have been last night that anthrax just canceled their upcoming european tour strictly because of the costs it was yeah. too expensive oh, yeah. yeah to tour yeah. and 
exchange. You know, rates, it's the it's the first it's the first band again, fully transparent, came out and said, "This is why we can't do it. Yeah. We can't afford to do this." Yeah. Have you encountered any of your acts or other acts that have have had to sit here and go, "Well, we're going to cancel, I, you know or we're going to postpone, or we're going to do it a little differently"? Because it's expensive now. It is. It's hyper expensive. Um, I haven't had anybody pull down a tour that was announced or on sale, but I, I've had a few clients like run the budget again, like because now you, you, I mean, bands are having artists have to not just run the budget before we start booking it, but then run it again <laughs> before we go on sale and be like, okay, are are the costs? Did the costs go up? Yeah, you know. I've had a lot of like settlements where it's like, you know, tour managers like, Hey, why is the, the labor cost is twice what it was before. And then I'm like checking with the promoter. He's like, yeah, cause our labor costs doubled, you know, or they'll be like our labor costs doubled and we only charged you an extra 50% instead of, you know, the whole thing. So uh, I think, you know, unfortunately artists are having to like check in on that budget more than one time. And I'm sure that, you know, anthrax, when they did that, they were like, oh, we can't, you know, we're not doing this. It's not, it is touring hopefully is fun for them. I'm sure it is, but they're not just doing it for fun. They're doing it's it. A business. To like yeah, you, it's a you business. Don't, you don't, yeah. no, no, nobody goes out on tour with the purpose of losing money. Because mm -mm. if that was the way it was done, they wouldn't tour a second time. So, no. you know, you know, you, you got to hope you at least break even but you want to make money and yeah. with the way costs change so much from everything from gas to labor, to buses, to everything else. And, you know, the, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure this is the case with all these bands out there. It might be tough getting crews as well because the crew Huge. members are now incredibly in demand. They can probably yeah. go to the tour they want and that's yeah. going to leave somebody yeah, else empty yeah 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 crew availability bus availability is a huge issue um i've had artists be like oh you know what <clears throat> we're gonna cut this part of the tour and cut this part of the tour and we're just gonna like either fly or take a sprinter between these cities and have the truck go like totally reimagine the way they travel because they couldn't find a bus or enough buses or something that's the right size for their band and crew that's a big issue. Um, and yeah, and I, I would say that like nobody, like you said, nobody's going on tour with the intent of losing money. There was a time many, many years ago when artists would go on tour to promote the record because they've made their money selling CDs for right. $15.99. <laughs> you know? um, that's not a thing anymore. Touring is a primary source of income for most artists that, that are active or you know that have a good career. Um, and in my mind, you know, when I talk to artists, like I always say there's like there's three reasons to play shows, three main buckets. Like at first you're playing shows to promote yourself. And then hopefully as your career goes, you're playing shows to earn an income and not have to have that job at the coffee shop or the, you know, the bar between tours. So you can just make music for a living. That's the dream, right? And then the third reason is to have fun. And if it's not at least one of those things, then don't play the show you know if you're not if it's not helping move your career forward from a promotional you know exposure standpoint if you're not making money and it's not fun then don't do it and 
bands are having to make those hard decisions and, and it hurts fans because the fans would have fun but if the band's up there like it's not fun knowing that like you know we're an established artist we don't need to like spread the word here you know but we're losing money and and this is the only this is their primary source of income you know it's mm-hmm. not streaming it's not licensing it's touring and uh to, to make those hard decisions it's tough but there are bright spots. There are a lot of things that are still succeeding. There are a lot of shows. I think artists are getting used to like, you know, a room that's 70% full. It doesn't look that bad, you know, it depending right. on the room, you know, and just accepting it's like, you know what, we're doing a little bit less business than we did before, but we're still making some money, making maybe a little bit less. The profit margins are a little bit less, but it's still, we're out here with our fans, which is important to us, with our crew that we love, that we haven't seen in years you know, they're back to work. We're back to work. Uh, it's not all doom and gloom. There are definitely a lot of bright spots. Uh, bands are learning to make do with a little bit less. And then uh, hopefully over time, it just, you know, we ramp back up. It sort and of get to a spot. eases back out again. Yeah. It'll ease yeah. back out again. And then, you know, and some bands will be like settling and say, you know what? We, instead of going to like, normally we wanted to go to like this bigger GA venue. We stayed conservative and did a reserve seat event. You actually loved it. Let's go back there again. You know, they might change their mindset. Their fans are a couple of years older now. Maybe this is just a better spot in the future. So like learning this new rhythm, you know, being more mindful of schedules and timing, um, being more mindful of how to communicate with fans uh, and being more mindful of like, instead of like always, like there's this whole thing, the music business that we assume perpetual growth. Like oh, we sold that show. Never stops. Definitely have to go bigger next time. Never stops. It's like "Mm, let's reframe that and be like, let's try to get more sustainable, you know, and be like, okay, we sold it out last time, but how fast do we sell it? Like it's it's one thing you put up a show and you sell it, you know, thousand cap room and it sells out in five minutes. Okay, you know, it's pretty likely you can go bigger next time. But if that show sold out last time in the last four days before it happened, maybe go back and play there again. Yeah. Or maybe wait, or maybe skip that market. You don't have to play every city every time you put out a record. Maybe you, you know, maybe you place this out. Or maybe you, or it's like, yeah, we don't need to play New York five times we, every time we put out a record. Maybe we do like one big New York show and then focus on New Haven or focus on secondary and tertiary markets around there where we know our fans are driving in. Well, let's go play for them in their hometown instead. You know, because people right. don't want to travel as much anymore. They don't want right. to drive. It's more well, expensive. Hotels you know, the, more- again, the co- the cost that the bands are experiencing, the fans are experiencing same same, same cost increases. Hotels, yeah. airfare, you know, gas, food, yeah. everything else. All of a sudden, that fan who saw you two years ago and it costs them three hundred dollars all in to go see you, now it's costing them seven hundred dollars, and they're like, well, yeah. I don't know, I might not go this time. Yeah. 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 It's, it's crazy. You know, the, it's exponential growth, uh, you know, costs are going up exponentially. And so we're, we, if we can be mindful of that, you know, not just on the band side, but on the fan, the consumer side, you know, explore new markets. Um, you know, and again, it's just like, we, it, it might not be what it was. It, it won't be what it was. Before. Right. Whatever's going to happen next is going to be totally new, but if we can be more considerate, mindful and strategic on ways to grow artists careers and ways to super serve their fans uh you know i think there's still there's still plenty of success to be had you know and even though it's hard a lot of shows a lot of the tours that i 
like we were like sort of white knuckling it, you know, after the shows took place, it was like, yeah, that was actually great. It was great. Yep. It wasn't what we thought it would be, but it was still great. And, you know, and we learned something about how we can come back and do better next time, you know, as far as like planning and finances and still definitely, I mean, I'm still thankful to have this job. Still thankful to see shows. It's still, it's still a great thing. Before we wrap up one final quick topic, what are you seeing the band's attitude towards the VIP meet and greets? I mean, we know that, that many bands, <laughs> the VIP meet and greets, that's where they were making a lot of their money yeah. was VIP meet and greets. And then yeah. obviously COVID, you know, Hey, you don't want to, I mean, I've, I've seen everything from bands who took photos behind plexiglass photos where the band is on the right. stage and the fans are in <laughs> yeah. the audience, you know, what, how are, how are bands now as we're hopefully slowly coming out of the pandemic, how are they looking at VIP meet and greets? Are they, do they want to go back? Are they going full in? Are they concerned? Yeah. My roster has never been into that just for whatever reason, the bands that I'm fortunate enough to work with really don't love the VIP meet and greet. So I don't have a lot of perspective on that other than knowing that they are now even less interested than they were. Like the answer was no in 2019 and in 2022, it's hell no. Yeah. So, uh, but I think for other art, it just, it just really, it's artist by artist. There's some artists that are like, not only did they make a lot of money doing it, they love doing it. Some mm -hmm. artists really love, and it's not that the, my clients don't like connecting with their fans. They just have never loved the upsell. The, con the concept of selling access. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Yes. It, it, I, I, I'm afraid of saying that. I don't want to say that because I don't, I don't want to say that people that do VIP meeting greets are selling it. They're not. It's just, it's a different, it's just sort of a different relationship with fans. Like some are like, yeah, I'm totally like my fans are excited to pay an extra $500 well, to come and take a picture with me. I'm, and I'm, I'm excited to do that for them. And then the artists I work with just, that's not their vibe. And that's fine. I would say that again, it's case by case. There's some artists that are like, can't wait to get back to doing it. Not just for the money, but for the connection. Other artists, mostly the ones that I work with are just like, it seems it was, it was weird and, it was just weird before, but now it's weird and risky. Right. You know? Right. And well, the meet and greets that happen, they're like, okay, uh, whatever, we're playing this, you know, playing this corporate event and the owner of the company wants to come say, it's like, okay, cool. Come meet us out by the bus with a mask. We can say hi before the show, but not in our dressing room. That's what, that's what I was going to, that was, what yeah. I was going to ask you. So if they, if they weren't into selling meet and greets, I right. would assume they, they still would, try and hopefully meet their fans in the right. right situations have they even changed their attitude about how and where they would meet their fans to just give them a quick selfie a quick autograph right right yeah i mean it's it definitely you know outdoors um i think that most you know artists you know even now even when it's not maybe popular or in a city where it's very common i think they'd be like yeah if you want to do the selfie you gotta wear a mask like it's just you know and again it's like because i gotta i got two more weeks on tour and you're probably fine but like just just out of an abundance of caution yeah sure. well <laughs> you know and 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 i don't know maybe i'm completely wrong in this but i think at this point 
people are also very much over the if they're asked to wear a mask, they wear a mask. It's you know, we're I, I feel it like depends, people, but yes, hopefully. I, I think yeah. to the most part, a lot of people are just like, okay, if that's what I got to yeah, do to whatever. get my picture, I'll put it on and I'll take it off when I leave. Yeah, it's not worth fighting over, it's not worth arguing over, it's not worth right. making a stand over. Um, no. you know, it, it wasn't like two years ago where you know, I mean, I I remember two years ago, fans were just like, you know, I would, I would say, listen, if you want bands to get back to touring, put a mask on just for yeah. the, forget about politics, just because you want your band to get back on the road. That's what'll help. Yeah. And they're like, no, I won't do. And I'm just like, okay. okay. But nowadays I feel like people are just, again, at least here in the U S our whole attitude is sort of like, ah, it's, old. Yeah, it's sure. you know, it's, it's, we're, we're past, we're over this now. I, I hope so. And, and I, I guess, you know, with all of it, I just hope that, you know, we can be more respectful of one another, more mindful of one yes. another and just, you know, like more understanding. You, you, know, you want to see the show. They want to play the show. This is how they, you know, if you want to come say hi, cool. But, you know, this is we're going to do it outside and you got to wear a mask and like. And if you're not cool with that, we're not telling you that you're bad or stupid. We're just saying this is just our rules for now because we're just trying to keep the wheels on the bus. You know? Well, that, that, and, that, uh, that, that's exactly it. I mean, it's it's hopefully people will be more understanding that, you know, as a fan, this is the one time you meet the lead singer as the lead singer. This is the 12th time today he's met somebody and he's got 60 more shows ahead of him where he's doing the same yeah. thing. Right. And he's got other band members, crew members, other people who are making a living on the fact that he can perform a show. Right. And, and maybe, you know, maybe the rhythm guitarist can play a show if he's like got a mild case of COVID, but the singer can't sing, you right. know? And then that's, you know, depending on the size of the tour, that could be like, you know, 10, 20, 30, 50 people that lose income, you know, you know real fast yes. so i just hope that we can you know i think that thankfully a majority of fans are just cool with like okay there are a few more hoops to jump through it might be a little bit more expensive it's still worth it it's still worth it uh and i hope that we can all just continue being like more respectful more mindful because what you know live music it's it's a sacred beautiful amazing thing like there's just there's no substitute for it at the risk of sounding cheesy it's like not even a not not a religious point of view it's more just like this is it's transcendent it's amazing yeah like an, a, an amazing beautiful show you know the those memories that we you know get to be a part of helping create you know that um, as an agent one of my favorite things to do is like Stand on the side of the stage and watch the crowd. Watch the watch fans. The How do they react? Watch How are they them smiling? react. And man, it's like, you yeah. know, I'm like, I, I'm not out there playing the song. Nobody came there to see me, but I'm just so proud that I had like, a, I got to help make this thing happen. And then I get to watch people, you know, have a great time and, and see the joy in their faces. And like, that's, you know, it's an honor to get to do this. And, and you know, I just, I want to do everything I can to have it be a sustainable long-term thing for my clients. Uh, and for their fans. Yep. Their you know, fans. as, as I, I've always said, as much as the music business has changed over the last couple decades dramatically, mm -hmm. the one thing that is still still the same, still important, 
are live shows. You still have to, if you want to have a career as an artist and you want a sustained career, you got to get out there and you got to do live shows. And that's where you actually meet your fans. That's where you acquire Mm -hmm. new fans. That's where you sell your merchandise. That's where you sell your music. Is that a live show? Everything else about the music business has changed from, you know, you don't Mm -hmm. sell stuff in record stores anymore. It's all streaming. People don't put value, whatever it is. But, you know, the old put a butt in a seat, that's the same as it is today as it was 40 years ago, 50 years ago. Absolutely. And, and that those, those experiences change people. They change their perspectives on, on musicians and the art that they make. Um, and, uh, the artists that are able to put on great shows, um, you know, have that opportunity to just, you know, to have somebody like maybe somebody gets dragged by a friend to go see a show. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, I didn't know. Like, it changes the way you listen yep. to music after you see it live. Yep. There's so many times that as a, you know, even now, but growing up, I would go see a band and I thought I only like one or two songs and they play something live and I'd be like, that song didn't ever stand out to me, but now it's one of my favorite songs. It's got songs a different meaning. And, and, and then when I listen to it light. again later, it's like, it has a different energy. So it's just the opportunity is there. And, you know, and again, like I said, I'm just so thankful that I get to, to be a small part of helping artists do this because uh, uh, it's still super exciting to me. Every single, I, I got a show tonight. I'm here and uh, coming. This isn't my house. Is a, I'm at a Marriott in San Diego. I'm going to see one of my clients play a show tonight. And I can't wait. I've seen him play a thousand times. I'm still excited to see him tonight. That's awesome. So, That's um, awesome. You know, it's, it's, yeah, I, I feel very thankful to get to do this. Trey, it was a pleasure having you. Where you, can sir. our listeners find out more about you, more about Wasserman Music? Is there an artist tour you want to give an extra shout out to uh i can't play favor on my roster <laughs> favorites on my roster it's like they're they're like my family i love all of them equally um but yeah i would just say you know go to you know if you can you can find wasserman music on instagram you can find wasserman music on the internet uh instagram is a great place i don't know i should know the handle by heart but if you just google it you can find it uh but if you could find wasserman music on instagram you know every friday i think we you know, post the ad mats for all the new tours and highlights from shows that are happening and stuff like that. And um, you can find out about, you know, my roster and our roster. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty big roster. It spans from, you know, uh, hip hop to country to electronic to indie and alternative, all kinds of stuff. So um, yeah, Instagram's a good place to start. All right. Awesome. Trey, once again, thank you so much. And Thanks for having uh, me. You know, I, I really appreciate sort of the update on where the state of touring is right now. I I like to look at things in a positive outlook, and I think it's it's getting better, as you said. It's never going to go back to the way it was in 2019. We're going to have a new normal, but I think we'll slowly get back to something that people are much more comfortable with. 100%. It's, uh, it won't be what it was. Maybe it'll be better. Could be exactly. I mean, that's what I'm trying for. People have have had to learn how to adapt here. And some of that adaptation means different things that are new and exciting. Yep. I'm hopeful. I remain optimistic. Awesome. Thank you so so much, much. Trey. Take Mm -hmm. care. Bye-bye. Visit discmakers.com to place an order for 100 or more CDs. And when you check out, use promo code FREEBIZ and get free shipping. 
up to a $150. Great sitting down with Trey, kind of getting the state of where touring is at right now, fall of 2022. You know, Jay and I have covered this when COVID first hit and halfway through. So it's, it's interesting and it's, and it's good to get the perspective of an agent who's in there booking this. What is he seeing? What's, what's his, you know, what, what's the pulse of the touring industry look like? And, and Trey knows better than anybody else. Um, I like to think things are looking better. It's a bit oversaturated. Yep. But I think given time, that saturation will dissipate. Um, but we we're, 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 we're coming into, you know, as Trey alluded to, this is kind of a new normal. It's not going to be like it was 2019 and earlier. Um, it, it's a new touring world. There's new things you've got to deal with. There's new histories being built. Um, I would love to ask you listeners head over to the artist community we've got at Bands in Town. Go over to bandsintown.musicbizweeklypodcast.com. Let us know, you know, hopefully you've been doing some shows and you've been back out playing live now. What's your take on live in 2022 versus live three years ago in, in 2019? What are you seeing that's different? What are you seeing that might be a little concerning? What do you like? What's what's new? What's a new experience that that you didn't have to deal with or worry about? Obviously, besides just COVID itself, but how is all of this, the cost of goods going up, the cost of labor, the amount of bands out there? Um, let us let us know on 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 artist community. What what's your what is your take on the state of live shows in 2022 right now? We're, we recorded this on September 1st. What do you think it is right now? Where do you think you see things going in the next year? Because um, this is something that applies to pretty much all musicians out there. So it'd be great to get a variety of feedback from people. So again, bands in town dot musicbizweeklypodcast.com join the discussion and let us know and of course quick shout out thank you to bruce and everybody at hypebot bands in town and our sponsors bandzoogle and discmakers.com uh we appreciate everything you all do to support the music biz weekly podcast weekend and week out and uh that's it jay's back next week we'll see you then musicbizweeklypodcast.com Subscribe on YouTube, follow and rate us on Spotify. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate your support. For Music Biz Weekly, provided by LarryDavisVoice.com and by JessicaMarsVoice.com. That's Mars with a Z.